Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers preview. You might notice if you're watching us live on Facebook or on YouTube that there's only two of us. That's temporary. Brian Anthony Davis will be joining us. But in the meantime, Dave Schofield's with me. What's up, Dave? I'm still sitting here waiting for the next move, man. It's been a long time after all that stuff happened at the beginning of free agency. So yeah, you're right. It's it's literally the it was kind of like the hurry up to slow down. <laughs> yeah, a, a frenetic start, frenetic, frenetic start, <laughs> and then it definitely has calmed down. So let me ask you this right off the right out of the gate: what what do you think the next move is? If you had to predict one, safety. I don't need I don't need a name. You position safety. You think safety? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have a name? No. There's, I mean, there's several. I mean, a lot of people like Honey Badger. My my name is Terrell Edmonds. I'm okay with that. What do you think is best um, long term between those two? Long term. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Hard I'm not thinking long term. 2022. Hard hit uh, questions. Early. Yeah. I mean, long, long term. I mean, maybe, I don't know. If, maybe Edmonds would be safer long term, but, but Honey Badger would be better for, for right now. Um, there's, you know, a little bit more injury history there and Edmonds has been his best ability is his availability. Exactly. You can't make the club from the tub or what was it? You can't can't make make the the team from the tank. (laughs) (laughs) One of the all time greatest flubs. (laughs) I knew, Uh, I, I, I knew what I was going with, but 
Yeah, just can't make the, the right words for the each. steam room or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Um, you know, this week to recap as we wait for Brian to join us and we talk about the topic of today's show about the general manager search, which hasn't really gotten a lot of talk <laughs> on our platform, our network yeah. at all. Um, but still, what do you think about this week of pro days? Now, Monday was let me correct it, Pitt. They had to walk next door. Tuesday, they were in at Liberty to watch Malik Willis. Then they went to Ole Miss on Wednesday. Today, Thursday, they were in Cincinnati. Obviously, they're doing their homework on the quarterbacks. Dave, is it a smokescreen or is this something more? That's due diligence. I mean, the last thing you want to do is have someone available and you when you pick, even though they say, well, they are not, they may or may not be there, but they're probably not going to be there. The last thing you want to do is have someone who would be available to your pick at a position that you're going to need for the future and you're not ready to pull the trigger because you didn't do your due diligence. They, they've got to do it. They need to do it. Does it mean they're going to go that route? It could, but that's what we got to wait and tune in for the draft. That's That's why we yeah. got to do it. And let me preface this also with, you know, I wrote this article the same way, is, is when the Steelers went to Ole Miss, they didn't go to Ohio State. And when I say yeah. they, I'm talking about Tomlin and Colbert, the brass, the the, the big guns, as I call yeah. them. And everyone made a big deal out of that. And I, I kind of framed the article that way, and just doing my job, trying to make it different than everyone else. But still, it's not that they didn't have scouts at Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. Keep all this in mind, people. <laughs> they did not have the entire scouting department down at Ole Miss watching one player. They had they were spread out all over the country with all these pro days and things of that nature. So um, even uh, Thursday, you know, you're talking about Cincinnati. Penn State had their pro had their pro day, I believe, uh, Thursday, and so I guarantee you they had multiple scouts there keeping an eye on some of the talent there uh, in Happy Valley and the Nittany Lions. Um, but I want to ask you a question, uh, Dave, that I asked Michael Beck that is going to be on my let's ride podcast, which will be on Friday morning on the audio only side. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you let's take quarterback out of the equation. Okay. So quarterbacks out here. We sit on March 24th. If you were to just guess what position the Steelers might target in the first round, what position do you think? Oh, that's so tough now. Um, it's going to change just, right I know. Now. Well, because some of the guys that I thought maybe they would at like offensive tackle, they didn't go to their pro days, you know? So it's honestly, I don't know. That they're good. I don't think they're going to target a position. I've got a Dave answer. Okay. It. They're not going to target a position. They're going to see the literally in the first round, other than quarterback, they're just going to see what, is there when they draft? Is it a great lineman? Is it a great defensive player? Is it a defensive tackle? I don't think they're targeting a defensive tackle, but if the right defensive tackles there, they could take them. I don't know that they're targeting an offensive lineman in the first round, but if the right one's there, I think they're going to take them. I mean, we, we still talk about David DeCastro. He wasn't supposed to be there and he was. So I, I like the fact that they're, I don't think they're targeting any position, I think they're targeting a a game changer if you take quarterback off the table. Good point. That's a good point. I think BPA is what they want to do, and that's why they need to get it. If they can get that safety, <laughs> if they can sign a safety before the draft, that would help. 
All right, our girl Felicia gives us five dollars. Hey, Felicia. She said, Jeff, you're one degree from Arthur Motes. Uh, and you said Chris Carter, my good friend Chris Carter. She said, So how is it you haven't collaborated with him? I can always try to get Arthur Modes on the show. Um, I'm sure it wouldn't take much for me to contact Chris and say, Hey, you know, can you pull some strings? See if you can have me have him on Let's Ride on my Monday morning Monday conversation. conversation. Um, maybe I'll try to do that. Maybe I will try to do that. Uh, good call, Felicia. Thank you. Hopefully you listened to Let's Ride. I, I, I'm very proud of that show. Um, let me ask you another question, Dave. And this is something I want to bring up with Brian, but I just I want to talk about it now. So <laughs> the, the on, news, get in here. <laughs> <laughs> the news has been like every time. And I've thought about this for years and not the past two years because they haven't had these because of COVID-19. But whenever they go out to dinner, OK, that. Mike Tomlin takes someone out to dinner. You know, TJ Watt, I remember, I'll never forget when he went to Wisconsin and took, took him out to dinner. And everyone was like, oh, TJ Watt's undersized, blah, 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 whatever. So he took Malik Willis out, and Malik Willis gave some insight as to what was he. If you were a prospect, okay, you're a prospect, what are you ordering at that meal? And the, hey, Tomlin and Colbert say it's on us. Get whatever you want. Are, how are you approaching that meal? I'm really curious. Well, I, this is not someone who played four, three or four years of college football to know better how I should should be eating around my coaches. I'm thinking back of my old track days, and they would just be impressed by how much us throwers could scarf down. But um, I would have to say, I would probably say, I want to come off, want to come off strong and everything. Give me a good steak and a nice loaded baked potato, and I would I could call that a meal. And think that that so, would be okay. be attributed of their, you know, if they're going to judge what I'm going to eat, then this is what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to go with. Okay. So you're sticking to the, okay, I want to, I'm going to not go for like the buffet, but I do want to say, you know, I'm getting a good meal, but I'm not going overboard. I like that approach. Brian Anthony Davis is now with us. Perfect timing. Brian, the question on the table right now, this is hard hitting stuff. If you were, and we're back. If you were at the Mike is. Tomlin and Kevin Colbert dinner, so like when they took Malik Willis out, they were at Desmond Ritter. How are you approaching that meal in terms of what you order? I'm going to do what I do normally if someone else is flipping the bill, which is not very often. I'm going to wait until they order as kind of a gateway to what I should order. You know, I, I know somebody, this was years ago, and he was telling me the story about a guy that went out on a lunch interview for an actual job and the guy ordered and the manager ordered an Arnold Palmer and he's like, wow, okay. It's uh, I guess he's drinking alcohol. So this guy ordered <laughs> no. like a rum and Coke. He had no clue that Arnold Palmer was it. So you, um, he's thinking of a John Daly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is an act. It's an actual thing, by the way, a John Daly is an actual. I bet you that's a pretty strong drink, but yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to wait until everything else happens, but I'm going to be, mo and if I have to go first, I'm kind of going to be modest. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm going to go middle of the road. I'm a steak and potato guy anyways, um, like a good salad. I'm not going to go crazy with the surf and turf. I took one of my uh, one of my son's friends out to Waffle House, and this was about 10 years ago, and he got like steak and eggs and all this stuff, and I'm like, 
I got like the three dollar special, and my son got the three dollar special. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And but you know, I, I didn't say a word about it. The problem um, is, you were at Waffle House, but oh well. Oh, Waffle House is a culinary delight. Can I can I say something? I know I came in late. You know, yeah. it's so funny that the Steelers are taking everybody with a QB in their name out to dinner. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm looking for them to go to dinner with Mayor Quimby of the Simpsons and Qbert because that's, I mean, if you've got a QB, you're going to Dindin with Mikey and Kevin. Okay, so Brian, you brought up the, well, what if you, let them order first. So this is interesting. So let's say I'm Mike Tomlin and you say, coach, go ahead and order first. All right, I'm going to have the basket of chicken wings. Uh, give me the fries and I'm just going to have a water. Brian, what do you want? Okay, so I'm still going to get a, a soda or a drink and uh, see what's permissible, but I'm permissible. I I'm I'll still go you know, it's okay to not just stay on the appetizer side of the menu. So you don't have to do that. I don't think that's a test. Just don't go as extravagant. I mean, you don't have to just get a club sandwich or the chicken wings, or the, the mozzarella sampler. You no, know, you could go ahead and, I mean, you can get a steak. It's okay. Just don't go crazy. I mean, get the six ounce, and just don't get the filet that's, like, aged for three years, and and it's $70. Can you come off bad, Dave, in this setting? I don't know why I'm so fascinated by this, by the way, but can you come off as a prospect as bad at this dinner in terms of, how you handle yourself also maybe how you handle yourself in terms of the food and stuff. To me, I would be more, I would be more turned off by them, you know, going bottom barrel, honestly. Okay. So, um, so what if you're like, I'll just have an appetizer. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, you know, don't just to me, I I want to see if I'm the coach in this, and is this what you're saying? I get to play the coach now or the GM. Sure, yeah. I want them to be who they are. And I want to see what they if they order as someone that's going to either, you know, where where are they going to fall on the spectrum? Are they going to be like, hey, this is my opportunity? I'm never, I may never get to eat with Mike Tomlin and and, and Kevin Colbert again. So I'm going all out. Or are they going to be someone who's kind of like you know, just saying, I'll, I'll, I'll take the, the house salad and a glass of water like my prom date did my senior year of, of high school would definitely save me a whole bunch of money there. But, uh, <laughs> well, you but already paid guess... $250 for her from that Russian website. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even speak English. That's how she got away. Yeah. <laughs> salad and water are the only words she knew. <laughs> Russian dressing, yeah, sorry. (laughs) So I put this in the live chat and said, what would you order? This is just on YouTube. What would you order at the meal? And so here's what we had so far. Uh, Mr. Hammer Z said pierogies. Money bag said I'd keep it simple with a nice burger and fry. Uh, Mark Davison from the Touchdown Under Crew said I'd sling back a beer and say I don't much around. Put me in, coach. He's (laughs) straight. Let's cut to the chase. Cree. He says 22-ounce T-bone, baked potato salad, and cheese sticks. Very specific. I love oh, that. I'm hungry now. This might be the weirdest thing. Tyler does. He oh, says a God. hot sausage and look Tomlin in the <laughs> eye when I take a bite. Okay. That's disturbing, <laughs> but that's memorable. Hey, no, Tom, no, Tomlin says still, don't blink. You better cut for, your eyelids off. For don't someone blink. who's met Tyler W., I could imagine him saying this. I really could. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, Steelers Pittsburgh says get spaghetti with red sauce and slop it all over your shirt. <laughs> uh, Felicia, don't order a to-go meal. Uh, just don't act like Belushi in Animal House. That's from George. Uh, some great stuff. Some great stuff there. Hey, um, go ahead, Jeff. Bro. You you know you don't want to have a uh, Kenny Bania slash Mendy situation where you just order the soup. Jerry, the soup's great here. I'll just have the soup. You can get me another meal. You don't want to do that to uh, Mike Tomlin. Then, of course, I think of the soup Nazi, which yeah. the, 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 the super specific or, way you walk in and the way you order and you slide yourself over. Yeah. Can I have extra bread? Don't ask or you, me. Or you have to order the big salad. The oh, big yes. Salad. Can I just have two small the, salads in a bigger bowl? Or the lobster bisque. All <laughs> right. Yada, yada, yada. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So, all right. Now, uh, let's talk about something that I was actually shocked when I thought of this idea for the show this week. I thought back, I listened to all of our podcasts, both audio side only and on the, the live side, and no one has really talked about this. I was kind of stunned. I mean, we've mentioned it, but it's never been talked. So it's how important is this GM search, the general manager search, which we know I mean, it's going to come up in about a month after the draft is when Kevin Colbert's contract is up and they are going to hire someone else. Now, I have a couple questions about this. The first is to you, how important is this? Not who do you want or anything like that, but how important is this search? Or is the are the Steelers just kind of a well-oiled machine at this point in time where they just kind of do their thing? So, Brian, I want to ask you first what you think about that question. You know, I think they are a well-oiled machine. And with Kevin Colbert still pulling all the strings on his farewell tour, you know, I, I would almost think that they have somebody in place, but they know that they could rely on Kevin this year. There's a... Uh, I'm sure a lot of the conversations are, hey, watch how Kevin's doing things right now. And, uh, you know, weekly send me your thoughts <laughs> maybe uh, on what's going on and what you would be doing in this situation. I just, uh, I have a feeling the decision's made. I have a feeling it's it's an in-house decision, but it doesn't hurt to keep uncovering from every rock because remember what happened back in uh, 2007. It was... There's a lot of people, family members and everything that still contest that Russ Grimm was called and say, you're our man. And then the Steelers talked to uh, Mike Tomlin and he wowed him. So there's, there's probably, they probably have the guy on the list and just making sure that they, uh, they talk to everybody to see if they have somebody that pops up that fits better. But right now when you have, there's not many GMs in the Hall of Fame, but when you look at it, if they do that as a contributor, contributor, you might see Kevin Colbert in in the future, and he's doing an amazing job with his last draft and his last last free agency period. So I I really think that it doesn't mean anything right now. If it was a situation where you know he was fired, yeah, you have to have somebody in pronto yesterday you have to have somebody in but this is a great situation for any team to be in so right now it's not a big deal dave what about you how important is this search for the for the future of the pittsburgh steelers it is extremely important to know who the next guy is that's going to be in there but kind of like what brian was saying i don't know that it's going to have a lot of bearing on 2022 because you know it's kind of kevin colbert's swan song of free agency and the draft and everything. And there's a lot of people throwing in their thoughts in the, in the live chat, 
Um, some people think, oh, it's definitely going to be Brandon Hunt. He's been going to these pro days. He, that's what he does. It's his job. That, that that's what he's always done. Yeah. Um, just we noticed it this year because he's someone who interviewed for the GM job. It's really no different than how it was in the past. Um, of course, a lot of people still want to throw out the name Lewis Riddick. I still say that would be a very unstealer like hire because one, he's never been a GM. You don't have to have been a GM to get this job. But not only has he never been a GM, he hasn't worked in an NFL front office in nine seasons. Nine seasons. That's a long time. So for those of you that are really high on Lewis Riddick because you like what he says because he's the one guy who they interview that you've heard him talk on TV, that still doesn't mean that all that there's a lot of other candidates out there that talk just as good or better than him. Um, he's just the one who's on ESPN. But that's the reason why, why I think that one's the least likely of anyone, simply just because of the history. Now, the question is, would if they hire someone like a Brandon Hunt, would Lewis Riddick be a guy that could come in and then take Hunt's job? I think that would be more likely, um, which could then lead to him to maybe another GM job down the road back with the Steelers. Sorry, I got into some specifics to answer some stuff from the from the live chat. Okay. But to me, it's, I mean, moving forward, it's going to be big. But I think it's people are like, well, why is the new GM not doing the draft? This is going to be set up really nice for them that they just need to come in and it's their job and they're not having to really overly stress about the biggest parts of the 2022 season. So it's, it's going to, I, I kind of like that setup, although a lot of, a lot of other people hate it, but uh, when we're talking this time next year, that's what makes this such a big deal is when they're heading into their first, you know, in the midst of their first free agency and getting prepared for their first draft. I'm not going to take credit for this idea. It was a question of one of my ride or die crew for Wednesday's mailbag segment of my podcast. They said, has anyone ever thought about the, the Steelers potentially having Mike Tomlin in a bill Belichick role of almost like coach and GM. I know that's not the Steelers MO and it's already been said by Art Rooney the second that they're not going to really change their structure, but could you see Tomlin maybe, taking more uh, ownership over some of the decisions. Brian, what do you think about that? Tomlin's actually the kind of guy that would say, no, I'm good right here. He's a, he's one of those guys that would not want that extra responsibility. If he's in a situation where he's being heard and he has, uh, and he has a voice and I would think he's earned it after 15 seasons at the helm. So he, they can go ahead and he can make, he can help make those decisions. But I think he's looking for that partner. I think he likes having that, that person to talk to and not just make all the decisions because that means you are watering down everything that you're doing with that extra hat. And that's not overly necessary. You know, it's, it's just something, if I break down the fourth wall, you know, I'm the podcast producer here, but, I report to you guys and I like to sound things off of you guys. And ultimately a lot of times Jeff and Dave will say, Hey, it's your decision. That's fine. But I like that sounding board that, so I like having that group dynamic and I would think Mike Tomlin would as well. Dave, what are your thoughts on that with Tomlin? Well, I kind of like this because I was thinking about how I would answer it when I was listening to let's ride on Wednesday. And bottom line is we're talking about, Michael Petaway Tomlin. I mean, well, I was going to say something else. Um, It's Mike Tomlin. I mean, 
the reason players are going out to dinner with Mike Tomlin the night before is if they could have picked from, I mean, they probably got offers from 10 or 12 different teams. And who are you going to pick? You're going to pick Mike Tomlin. It's Mike Tomlin. He already has as much say as he probably needs or wants. Why does he want to put more on his plate with having to have all that responsibility, like Brian was saying? He wants someone else to work with him in this job. And think about it. anyone else who comes in, you're going to be you're going to be the GM that was here after Mike Tomlin's been here this long. So Mike Tom's going to have his say, whether he's coach and GM. The question is, does he have to share any responsibility? And like Brian says, I think he wants it. I think he wants it to be a collaborative effort. I don't know that Tomlin would be in favor of this uh, just because, my goodness, if nothing else, even it's, he doesn't need the added responsibility. All right, let's do some predictions. Brian, who's the Steelers' next GM if you were to predict a name? Brandon Hunt. Dave, that's the name I'm going with as well, because um, other than Omar Khan and Lewis Riddick, I don't know if I could name you any of the other ones because there's just been so many. So those are the familiar names. Um, I just think Brandon Hunt seems to be uh, somewhat it's a it would be a logical hire for the Steelers. But then you also got to remember. Russ Grimm was going to be a logical hire as head coach. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if I had to pick, that's where I'd go. Well, the last three interviews they had were all three gentlemen that have had experience as yeah. general managers. And they're one not of them employed was- by any teams, and that's why they could interview them now. And, and I thought was- that was really interesting, too, and that's something I was going to bring mm-hmm. up because – you know, Doug Whaley is in he Pittsburgh to radio Pittsburgh. every yeah. single, I mean, every single Wednesday he's, he's on a, a certain radio station. It's Whaley Wednesday. And, and he knows this team and he's been talking about this team for, uh, for a little bit over a year now. And the other names, they were like, it's not very often that I'm looking at knowing names from other that came from other teams. So there's mm-hmm. not many GMs that I actually know who they are. But these three, so all three, I was like, oh, I'm familiar with each and every one of them. Yeah, Whaley, Reese, and Spielman, I believe, were the three. Yep. Uh, Reese yeah. with the Giants, Spielman with the Vikings, and they had some. They had a they had long tenures there too. Yeah. It wasn't like yeah. they were. Well, Whaley's was brief in Buffalo, I believe. But and if you look at the thumbnail for this, all three of their pictures are on it. Oh, well, would you look at that? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, Brian. Don't don't hurt your shoulder. Pat yourself. Well, those are the only guys that I knew to get pictures of. If you look I at couldn't th- find a Brandon Hunt picture because it was hard so, to do. So, folks, if you look at the thummy, that's what you're looking at. <laughs> when you, he did it on his lappy. You're on your lappy. You get your thummy, and then you could give me a patty. All oh, what were things heard in the VIP room at the Beehive? <laughs> 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 Sorry, I thought we were playing ten thousand dollar pyramid for a minute. <laughs> all right, uh, I, we're going to switch gears a little bit from the general managers. I want to ask you all just a general statement. What were your thoughts of Juju Smith-Schuster uh, signing with the Kansas City Chiefs? Brian, we'll start with you. Well, I I thought the the deal was absolutely uh, it was very team friendly. Um, especially, I I think the breakdown and you both might know this a little bit better than me, but I thought it was like. 10 million, but like 3.75 in guarantees and 3.25, 3.25. So yeah. And I also think it's very significant. I'm wondering deep down what Juju's 
thoughts are with Tyreek Hill gone because a lot of people that were loving this move, which, you know, I thought it was a perfect situation to add Juju to that offense, but that included having Tyreek Hill in it. So how does that impact it then? I mean, Tyreek uh, Hill, they, they, they did sign Marcus. I was going to say, they went and guy who might possibly even be faster. Um, yeah. yeah, but but you he just has don't know not done amazing. He has He's not, not done, done amazing Tyree kill things. things. Yeah, now, you're right. And, and the thing that I'm looking at here is, you know, they're they're going to elevate Nicole Hardman. He's probably going to get a lot of lot of looks too. And they brought uh, MVS in, but is Juju signing if he knows that Tyreek Hill's gone? Part of me thinks no. I have my thoughts, Dave. Go ahead. And what are your thoughts when Juju Smith-Schuster signs? Oh, well, as you guys know, there are certain things around behind the steel curtain that I kind of take on and research, and but have kind of become a little, uh, you know, I, w- I don't know that I call myself an expert, but I've self-educated myself very well about things such as the salary cap and also things such as the compensatory formula. And when you tell me that Ray Ray McLeod counts more in the compensatory formula than Juju Smith-Schuster. I am like, what in the world just happened? But that's the way it sits right now. Um, it's it's crazy. But I don't know that the Steelers were going to give a wide receiver a an incentive laden contract. And I don't know if Juju's looking at this as a three point two five million dollar contract, or if he's looking at it as a as a ten million dollar contract. I don't know, you know, kind of what's going on in in his mind. But uh, it's it's a it's a it's a little bit crazy the way it all is is working out here. I mean, some of these bonuses are like are like gain bonuses and workout bonuses, but apparently a lot of them are tied to them either going to or winning the AFC Championship, so that he may or may not have anything to do with. Um, I I was kind of surprised at how little it was, but I don't know if he got the Rod Woodson treatment or not. Uh, yeah. My reaction to Juju leaving, I, 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 I keep on coming back to this. What has he done since Antonio Brown left? I'm sure he's a great guy off the field, all that stuff, whatever. What has he done? Can someone answer? Like, what has he done since Antonio Brown left that would warrant us, the Steelers, going above and beyond what they did last year, eight million for one year? What has he done, Brian? You have anything? The only thing that he has done is he brings a lot of toughness. And a lot, he actually brings that group together. He's, and we were talking about how important it was to get him back for that playoff game. So I will stick to that. Can I I rebut that for a second? You said it keeps that group together. Was that really a close-knit group? I mean, you had Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool was a train wreck. And then, you know, I mean, I, I guess... Everyone wants to paint Juju in this wonderful light. And maybe I'm the horrible person for saying these things, but I feel like I'm not alone here. Well, I don't feel like they're going to miss him at all. The guy couldn't run anymore. Hell, it's being reported he had to have his knee drained every week because well, he's still hurt. Let me let me just say this. Chase Claypool kind of went off the rails when Juju wasn't in the lineup. He was there. He was still around. Yeah, I I know. I just I just think on the field, and he has some influences. Look, 
Am I going to stay, say that this is a huge loss for this team? The bottom line is that it's not. It's not. He's a guy that I would have liked to have kept around for that that toughness and for some of that influence. Um, and some people might think that that influence might be might be bad. But I just, when he was on the field, he was a lot like Antonio Brown on the field by, you knew he was putting everything out there. And I think that is a good influence. Yeah, Darius Hayward Bay gave it all, gave it his all too, and he just wasn't a good receiver. Like, let's yeah, but, keep that in mind. If we're but, just grading on effort, I mean. But no, Juju's a worker, though. He's yeah, a well, blocker I mean, and a worker. He's not Heinz Ward, that. but. I get that. Is he worth $8 million for one season? I, I'm going to say no. Yeah. But. I, Okay, let's go to Dave. Dave, am I, what am I missing? Set me up with the question again. Okay, the question was, what has he done since Antonio Brown left that would make me pine for him to stay any longer than he already has? What he had to do. Antonio Brown wasn't there anymore. Juju was the guy who needed to he he, he needed to be there for Ben for Ben to hit went hit him with where and feel comfortable finding him with no AB. That changed what Juju could do to actually be available to be open for Ben. So I'm not saying that Juju is just as good as he was with AB. The numbers aren't there. But I'm not saying that he fell off a cliff. He just wasn't. It's the infamous Cam Hayward when Stefan Tewitt's in the lineup. When Cam, when Stefan Tewitt's not in the lineup, Cam Hayward is the guy that goes and gets the quarterback. When Stefan Tewitt is there to go get the quarterback, Cam Hayward fills another role because he can fill every role well. It's just different. And then he doesn't get the big sack numbers because you can't have both defensive tackles doing the exact same thing. So and and that's the same deal with Juju. I don't, I'm not going to knock him because his numbers were never anywhere close to what they were when AB was in the lineup. He wasn't doing the same things, in my opinion. The I mean, if I mean, look at how things change with Ben after the injury. If Juju was going to be there and be the outlet guy for Ben, he wasn't going to be more than four yards down the field. That's just the way it worked. Um, so I don't. I'm not laying that all on him, and I'm not saying that it, that he fell off. I'm I'm still going to be a Juju fan. I just don't want him to play well against the Steelers. Well, don't take this as me not being a fan of Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. I'm just looking at it from a a business standpoint, like if you take the, I'm taking the fan hat off and I'm just looking at it from the Steelers perspective. And it's like, well, well, I don't think that it's, it's worth them trying to give a, now when he signed that contract in the, when it was first reported is what 10 million. Wasn't that the first report he signed a one year, yes. 10 million deal. And yeah. then it was, Oh, well, it's actually three point something. And yeah. it's all incentivized. That told me the Steelers didn't want it. Yeah. They could have matched that. And they're starting to do incentives. They did it with uh, Mitch Trubisky. I might be alone. But they here. treat quarterbacks different. They, I know, they always I have. Know, for sure. And yeah. I might be alone in this. I know that Juju was a fan favorite, and that's fine. He's already doing TikTok dances in Kansas City Chiefs jerseys, which is fine. Whatever. I don't care. But it's just something that for me, when he when he said that he's going to Kansas City, I was like, well, I, I really didn't. I really can, didn't bat an eye. Can I sum it up kind of how I feel just in, in basically one line? Sure. Okay. Juju brought value, but he's not irreplaceable. I, I agree with that. Perfect. I'd agree with that. I want to get the super chat up here before we lose it. Snowman gives us $10. Thank you very much for the tip, Snowman. He says, why is no one talking about Bailey Zapp from Western Kentucky as the next Steelers starting quarterback? The kid has a big arm. Does have a big arm. 
I have not done a ton of research uh, on this particular prospect. Brian, you know anything about Bailey's app? Not much. Uh, you know, I know that uh, he does have a big arm, and I'm not just saying that because that's what I read. Um, he's a small school prospect, but so is Malik Willis is a small school prospect. He's just not getting the buzz right now. And he's not, uh, somebody hasn't hitched to his wagon yet. It, Cause it seemed, it took a while, a few years ago for Josh, for people to hitch to Josh Allen's wagon. There was a point where Josh Allen was a third or second round pick. And then, then he had a good PR team. And next thing you know, he is in the top 10 and he was well worth it. There's a lot of other guys that have good PR around them that aren't worth it. And we've seen that happen in the last few years when it comes to quarterbacks. Uh, it's, it's really funny though. I mean, here's, here's a guy that we're not going to hear much about, but somebody might find a gem because when you look around, you hear that somebody is starting for the 49ers this week, like a CJ Bethard, I mean, when you heard his names and you heard other names, you're like, who is that guy? Well, somebody found value in these guys in the sixth round. And next thing you know, they're making it and they're under center and they're starting a football game. Dave, I dare ask you, do you know anything about Mr. Bailey's app? <laughs> nope. Um, I know he was someone who they thought could maybe impress going into this under the senior bowl. And apparently, you know, because yet I, I didn't. I didn't even remember the name. I just knew there was a small school guy. I would. I don't. We didn't know if it was Western Kentucky, Eastern Michigan, one of those schools like that. I didn't even remember. But if he's the guy I was thinking of, he was a guy that had a big arm going into the Senior Bowl. Um, but it seemed like there, his flaws got magnified more than his strengths. Yeah, Bailey's app does have a big arm. He is very much suited for a specific type of offense. I don't think it's Matt Canada's. Um, and a t-shirt. He's a great t-shirt situation. You've been zapped. <laughs> he actually sells those or you're saying no, that would I mean, be. Yeah, I'm I'm already making money off of his name. Hey, that's that but hey, that's no worse. I mean, that's no better than being Mitch slapped. <laughs> that's bisky, a great t-shirt. Bisky business. <laughs> okay, so let's talk quarterbacks since it got brought up by Snowman. If you were to predict, let's assume that the Steelers are going to take a quarterback. In this draft, predict the round they take the quarterback in. Brian, we'll start with you. One or two and nothing else. No, no, it's it picked no, the round. not, not rounds, plural, or and or. Like, which one do you think? Realistically, I think it's going to be one, but uh, I'd rather it be two. Okay. I think they're going to succumb to number one and I don't want them to, but so one, there I you think, go. Yeah. I think they're going to go one <laughs> and I pray they don't trade up. I, I pray the same thing. Dave, what about you? I say if they go quarterback at all, which I would not be surprised if they don't this year, simply because it, it doesn't fall right. I see it falling in place for them to do something in two because guys that they would, that they like as a first round guy are already going to be gone, but there might be guys that they would like as a, that they would consider as a second round guy. And they would actually be there that they didn't know that I just, but that's not as much from about the Steelers as I'm talking about how I think the draft will play out in general. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with what my brain 
is hoping, and that's UDFA. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope they don't. Yeah. yeah, I hope they don't take one at all. But I, I understand what you're saying. Brian, what do you want to say? Go ahead. Jeff, I was going to ask if I could bump you a second and jump up to host and ask some questions here. <laughs> so if we look at some of these names, I'm going to bring out some of these names, and I'd love <laughs> all right now you're up there go ahead <laughs> there we go i was thinking of doing that but i <laughs> yeah, see all right mom said i'd make it someday um so that being I'm, gonna said. Go, I'm gonna go ahead and give with that being said i'm gonna go ahead and give you some prospects here at quarterback and i'd like to hear what round one two or yes, not at all do this mm-hmm. so let's go malik willis one. One. Can he pick it? One. This is where you think they're going to go, not where the Steelers should take him, right? Where, where, no, where the Steelers should take him. Oh, 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 where the Steelers yeah. should take him. So yes. if they're going to draft this player, which round would they have to draft him in? Yes. Got it. Still one for Kenny Pickett. I'm going to say one, but I don't know that they even wouldn't the one, but yeah. Matt Coral. Two. I'm going two as well. I'm just, yeah. Desmond Ritter. I think they'd have to trade up, but I'd say two. Two. Sam Howell. Gosh, three, I hope. I don't like that kid at all. <laughs> yeah, I hope that's not an option, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was two. And Carson Strong. Oh, Matty Peverell's boy. Yeah. Carson just... Strong. Uh, he's going to be all ticked <laughs> off if he listens to this. Um, I'm going to say three. I'm going to say three. But I'm even <laughs> leaning towards four. <laughs> <laughs> Since we were asked about it, Bailey Zap. Four. I thought Jeff was going to say UDFA. Yeah, I think he'll get drafted. I mean, no, he was drafted. at the Senior Bowl. He'll get drafted. Yeah, I feel, four. but maybe not. I don't. I don't think I'm missing any of of the significant names there. If I, I am down here, please. For my show notes. Or hold on, let me see. No, yeah, you did. I mean, unless you're talking about Brock Purdy from Iowa State. <laughs> Yeah, you got a pretty <laughs> arm there. I was gonna say, these are prospects. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love this show. Um, yeah, you know, I'll just all I'm gonna say is I really would consider only two of them in the first round and everybody else in the second. And don't trade once again, do not trade up. Thank you. This is Brian Anthony Davis for the Steelers preview. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. Do we have trivia from both of you tonight or just one? I I have trivia, and Brian will have to answer that one. All right. Well, Dave, why don't you? I have an interesting trivia. I'm not going to do my typical, but I have one. Okay. Dave, go ahead. It's... I've been in sometimes I've been in a bit of a mental fog this week. So I don't know that I've asked this in years past, but if I have, then maybe you, if, if, if I don't remember, you probably don't remember the answer either. Okay. If there's one position in this year's draft, if I had to bet that the Steelers will absolutely take at some point in this draft, my answer would be wide receiver at some point. Because that would, if they don't, that would mean the Steelers went two straight drafts without drafting a wide receiver. When's the last time they did that? Oh boy. The last time they went two straight drafts without drafting a receiver. Hmm. 
I think I know this. I'm going to say 0405. Jeff just took my answer. 04 and 05. You all, very interesting that you went 04 and 05. Oh, okay. it's not, though, because of Freddie Gibson. Freddie yep. Gibson. The answer, you were oh so close. Because, yeah, in 2005, they had wide receiver Fred Gibson. Because in 2004, they did not, and they did not with their only five draft picks in 2003. Hmm. So the answer was 0304. Now, how many times have they actually gone two, two straight years without drafting wide receiver? There is only one other time. I said two straight rounds, two straight years. I don't know if I said that wrong or not. That they went two straight years without drafting wide receiver. There's one other one, but a little bit of an asterisk next to that one. And that was in 85 and 86. Do you have any idea why 85 and 86 uh, would, would maybe have been it, Brian? Lewis Lips won in 84. Yep. 85. So is it someone like, is it bringing in a guy that had dual positions? In 1986, the Steelers drafted three quote-unquote tight ends. Uh, but one of those players, according to Pro Football Reference, is listed as a tight end dash wide receiver. And it's really difficult to know if what he ever was because he never had an NFL reception, despite being the only tight end drafted by the Steelers of the three in 1986. He was the last one drafted, and he's the only one that actually appeared in a game for the Steelers. And his name was Warren Seitz. Ah, Warren Seitz, yes. Was he a tight end? Was he? Yep. What's that? No, he wore number 80. Okay, I thought it was. Okay. There's Um, another significant guy on that 86 list too, isn't there? Um, what another what of tight end or just tight end? Yes, that never played for the Steelers, but was a superstar and won a lot of rings. That would be one Brent Jones. Yep, that would be correct. But the so the question is, it's a technicality whether or not they drafted a tight end or a wide receiver in round ten in 1986. And if you count him as a wide receiver, then 2000. Three and 2004 is the only time since in the Super Bowl era, because before that they didn't necessarily list their positions, they just did names, where the Steelers went two straight years without drafting a wide receiver. So I'm saying write it down, chalk it up. A wide receiver will be drafted in this year's draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I think it's, uh, I think really to determine the answer to your question, I think the final judge should be Jeff Hartman on that. <laughs> was Warren Sites in your mind a wide receiver or a tight end? Because come on, Jeff. Because Nick in Schiner, 1986, for the Steelers, he played in 16 games and had three rushes for two yards, but did not have any receptions. There you go. Yeah, it's a good point. I don't know. Uh, money bag. Two kick returns for 25 yards. Sorry. Money bags gives us two dollars. Says uh, we need another edge. Tushka is our third option. You guys think they're going to do that in free agency or the draft? Go with it. They're, they're going to have to bring someone in. I mean, oh. whether it's Taco or the draft someone. What do you think, Brian? I I just have this feeling Taco comes back. He, he ends up being back with this team. So, you know, I, I think they liked his body of work or, or the draft, you know, but don't. I mean, I'd love for them to try to get Quincy Roche back, but he's not coming back. (laughs) 
I liked Tushka didn't do poorly towards no. the end of the season. No, he no, showed he actually he... did pretty well. Yeah. Dave, what do you think? Draft I, or free I think that could be a position that they almost do like they did last year. And maybe they add someone after the draft or when things are starting to come on um, a name that you might know of, but, but not now they, they're going to wait till they can get, you know, the, the, the bargain basement deal uh, with someone to come in. But once again, with the understanding that, Hey, you'll get plenty of snaps, but you're not going to be out there. Snap one to get a start. It's going to be, it's going to be Highsmith and Watt as long as they're healthy. <coughs> Melvin Ingram. <coughs> yeah. In other words, a Melvin Ingram, but who really understands how it's going. There you go. All right. Uh, Brian, your trivia time. Yeah, I do have a very interesting trivia question. Now, we've seen it. It's coming out again and again just in the last week with all of the Baker Mayfield news. And you're seeing the uh, you're seeing the uh, memes and the jokes with the the famous jersey with all the Browns quarterbacks. Um, and now Mayfield's being added to that list on that uh, jersey that started out with the Tim Couch jersey, which uh, I think it's brilliant. I love it. Um, so with that, being where says, does, oh, sorry. <laughs> where, where do the Steelers rank as far as quarterbacks that they have started, that have actually started for the Steelers in the regular season in the NFL? And how many do you think started since the merger in 1970? Could you repeat that question, please? How many uh, quarterbacks have started for the Steelers and how now ranking is one the most or is one the least? One would be the most. I mean, one okay. would be the least. One would be the least. So in other it, words, it would be best to have the least here it would, because yes. that last, that the last place team, there was, there would be a tie and it's 51 mm-hmm. and it's between the Browns and the bears. However, the Browns were off for three years from 96 to 98 so they had an average of 1.04 quarterbacks starting every single year for 52 years. <laughs> Where are the Steelers at? Where are the Steelers? Well, I'm thinking uh, number of starters. Since the merger? Had... Since the merger. So we're going 1970, mm-hmm. and it's a period of 52 years. trying to average it out by going into recent history are we supposed to give you a number of how many you think we have how they have how, how many they... how many players started quarterbacks started. yes how yeah. many quarterbacks have started mm-hmm. a regular season game for this team i'm counting so that that it doesn't there's not a, a minimum number of games started just a no, just game. started a game started right. one game for for instance you know, so Dennis like, Dixon is on De- the list because yeah, he, he has three. Yeah. And he has um, three. Scott Campbell might have one. I was going to say 18. Okay. David. <sighs> I, that's a pretty good number. I'm going to say. I was trying if to go it's, if it's with going them. over, I should go one, and then that way I know you know. Bryce I was trying right to go whatever. through all of the guys that yeah. played a game with Ben being banged up. That's tough. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. Because um, I'm you know I'm thinking of you know you've got Duck, uh, Rudolph, uh, 
you know the 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 batch Dennis Dixon, Dennis Dixon, um, Landry Leftwich, Landry Jones, Michael all those Vick. guys. Yeah. Michael Vick, you know. So I'm 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 gonna go, I'm gonna go 20. I say I think 18 is low. The Steelers are at 25. Ah. And that does not include Dick Shiner because we cut it off at 70 and he started in 69. Now, where do it's you fitting. think they, where do you think they rank in the National Football League? At 25. I'm going to put them at. Let's see. I'm going. I'm going to assume that the Houston Texans have had less, um, and possibly even a couple other of the, you know, like the Jaguars and well, the, did the, and the Panthers. Oilers, and did the Houston Oilers carry over the, the Tennessee Titans? They do carry over the Tennessee Titans. I'm mm-hmm. going to jump in on on the Houston Texans and explain something here. They've had 18. However, they've only been in as many as the Steelers. They've only been in in existence since 2002. Mm -hmm. And if you look at, I I put an average to this, and they're like 0.85, where the Steelers are at Mm -hmm. 0.48 to give you an idea. The Ravens Mm -hmm. came in with less at 23, two less, but they've been only around since 96 because they don't they don't get the Browns old records. Mm -hmm. The Browns keep those records. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ultimately, I'm going to put them, let's go ninth. I was going to say 10th. They are tied with the New England Patriots at number one. Number one? Number of the one. few Of the fewest? For the average. So oh, for the average. Because oh, the you're average. going 52 years. Now, if we uh, if we put the other teams in, that would put them around what, fifth? About n- numbers, fifth? they're like fourth or fifth. Yeah. Because that the Ravens sense. would be at 23. The uh, Carolina and the Jaguars are 22. And I'm actually doing, I just did this exercise today. So this is off the top of my head. And the Texans are at 18. But I mean, you have to, they've had more than 25 years over that. So you've got to do the averages to put them at number one and New England at number one also. Very good. Good stuff. Interesting. You all right, Dave? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do some final thoughts and call it a show here. Uh, Brian, go ahead. Man, I tell you what, we had such a frenzy last week, and I'm hearing some noise that Steeler fans are actually disappointed that nothing's really happened this week. But if you look around the National Football League, not much has happened because you're seeing trades happen. But aren't you glad that the Steelers aren't making trades? Because if they're making trades at this point, they're acquiring somebody and they're spending all of that draft capital. So we talked about the general manager search on the show. We talked about Kevin Colbert not being a lame duck this year. He's going out and he's going out with a bang. So with that being said, don't worry that they haven't done anything this week. These boys aren't done. All right, Dave, final Did thoughts. You just- Diamond Dallas Page that I, <laughs> I Diamond Dallas Page to you. Okay. Bang. Okay, just just oh, just check it. And I love you for knowing that. <laughs> um as Brian wasn't here when the show started, we're like, man, there hasn't been much going on this week. Here's what's crazy. Steelers fans love that the Steelers were active in free agency, and that now for almost a week they've been very quiet. If you look at the first 10 days of free agency now, 
the Steelers are almost about on average of what they have been. They just did it all earlier. There's still going to be other moves. We know that they're, that it's going to happen. We know they're not going to go into the draft without a strong safety. It just doesn't seem like the thing the Steelers would do. But so we, we've just got to be ready. And now after they've, they've gone out and made sure they got the people they need to get while they could get them, now it's almost like, can we get the people for what we want to get them for? And that's why it's a little bit of the waiting game. So here we are, Steelers fans. We're involved in the waiting for the waiting game. So um, just remember, there, there's going to be no news, no news, no, no news. You're going to sit back and wonder what's going on. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's going to be something big and it's just going to completely change your outlook on everything. So uh, we just, all we can do now is be ready and wait. There you go. Good show, gentlemen. As always, we'll be back next week with another Steelers preview to talk all things Steelers. Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you next week. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.